Welcome once again, Grizz Nation, to GBB Live. As always, my name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a fantastic start to your weekend. It's September 30th. It is so hard to believe that we are literally three-fourths of the way through the 2023 calendar year, but it's also one of the more exciting times of the sports calendar. We've got NFL and college football back. We're in the full swing of both of those seasons. Baseball is wrapping up before we get into the postseason, but of course, when it comes to the NBA and the Grizzlies, tomorrow, October 1st, we've officially entered the month where Grizzlies basketball will return. Competitive Grizzlies basketball as the season is set to start later on in the month of October. And of course, here on GBB Live, we're going to have you covered every Friday into Saturday talking about all that's going on with the Grizzlies. I'm looking forward to being back with you for a full season of great content when it comes to GBB Live, talking with some guests, analysis, breakdowns, all the latest when it comes to the Grizzlies. Looking forward to really covering what should be an awesome season for this Memphis Grizzlies team. And of course, you can find all the great podcast content under the Bluff City Media umbrella through the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network, as well as the BCM Grizzlies Podcast Network, 901 Grizz Podcast, Next Gen Podcast, Free Basketball, The Anthony Sane Show. So many great shows on YouTube, so many great shows, whatever feed you like to watch when it comes to you know the video version of things, the audio version of things. We're all here to give you the best content that we can for anything involving Memphis sports. Make sure you go to bluffcitymedia.co or follow Bluff City Media on all forms of social media to get the latest content when it's available. So let's jump right into it. Of course, entering into the month of October, training camp is right around the corner. We should have media day, you know, likely coming up at some point in time this week. And then once the 10th of October comes around, we'll start getting into Grizzlies basketball. Five preseason games followed by the Grizzlies starting the season off against the Pelicans on October 25th. And there's going to be plenty to talk about, you know, coming up in the next three weeks. There's going to be plenty of questions that are going to be asked about this Grizzlies team. There's still some, you know, yet to be determined rotation spots. How might the rotation look for Memphis as time goes on? All those questions will be answered as we get closer to the season. But with us still being a few weeks out and as we enter training camp, I wanted to take to, I wanted to take this episode to look into a few underrated factors that if they work out in Memphis's favor, that if the Grizzlies were to make the most of these underrated factors as they start their early season schedule, these are some ways that the Grizzlies could really help themselves get off to a fast start this season. And perhaps most importantly, it will allow for the Grizzlies to successfully navigate the early part of the schedule where they're going to be without John Moran. Of course, that's what stands out, you know, as being the major question for this Grizzlies team entering the start of the season. You know, you're going to be without some key players or some key players, you know, at this point in time still have questions about their potential availability. John Morant obviously will be out due to a 25-game suspension. Steven Adams, you know, he had the knee injury that, you know, ended his season back in, in late January of last year. Where is he? The team seem, seems confident that he'll be healthy to start the season, but even if he is healthy, you know, how w close will he be to, you know, purely 100 game percent, you know, in terms of being the, you know, dominant force on the backboards, the dominant screen center that we all know and love here in Memphis. And then, of course, also 
Memphis will be without one of the key cogs of what has been one of the better benches in the NBA over the past several years. They're going to be without Brandon Clark. You know, he may come back later on this year. I think that's a likelihood, but will he be the same Brandon Clark we saw before his unfortunate Achilles injury earlier in 2023? He may not be the same until the 24-25 season. So the Grizzlies are going to be without some key contributors that have helped them in the past, but that means that there's more than enough opportunity for some players that the Grizzlies remain high on to really take advantage of, you know, setting their own, you know, tone when it comes to the season. Potentially, we could see one or two needed breakouts from some of the young combo forwards or some of the young depth on this Grizzly squad. And that's a great opportunity to shift the spotlight as we're on the brink of training camp from who the Grizzlies are going to be without to Questions that are, you know, legitimately there about who the Grizzlies are going to be with in terms of what does it look like? You know, we talk about the roster hierarchy for the Grizzlies. I think you know that you have six main contributors right now when it comes to this Grizzlies roster. You've got Desmond Bain, you've got Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson Jr., Stephen Adams, Luke Kennard, as well as Santi Aldama. Those are six players who, going into this season, there's a defined role for those players. And in each of those players, in their defined roles, you have past proof that they can be successful in those roles. In those roles. Now, that doesn't mean that out of those six players, you've got your five starters. I think one of the combo forwards likely starts at the three for the Grizzlies to start the year. And then you've got Kennard and Santi Aldama who are leading the charge from the bench. But when it comes to Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, uh, Luke Kennard, Santi Aldama, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Stephen Adams, from that, you've got your six main contributors. You probably, within that, have your closing lineup. You have your go-to options when it comes to being productive on both ends of the court out of those six players. Following that group of six, you've got the young combo forwards, the young and, you know, to some obvious extent, unproven part of this Grizzlies roster that could be a big contributing factor into either the early part of the season being a success or perhaps being a struggle. And of course, I'm talking about Zaire Williams, Jake LaRavia, and David Roddy. What role will each of those players have in the rotation? I imagine each of those players will have a part in the rotation early on, but who really emerges as being a potential starting option or a go-to option on either end of the court or on both ends of the court? That certainly remains to be seen. After that, you've got a, you know, a duo of, of, of rotation-worthy players, in my opinion, who are now, you know, coming up on veteran status in the NBA and really know how to thrive in their roles, even if that role may sometimes be in the rotation or out of the rotation. And that, of course, is John Conchar and Xavier Tillman. And then outside of that, you know, we've gone through about 11 members of the roster. You've got other depth pieces that will play, you know, potentially minimal roles at times during the early part of the season, but will still have a role that, you know, on certain nights could be significant, such as Kenny Lofton or Derrick Rose. So that's kind of where, you know, we are with where the Grizzlies players are. You know, what, you know, level are they at in terms of contributions for this Grizzlies team? I think that's a pretty good way of setting a hierarchy to start the season. But one of the biggest factors I feel, I wrote about it earlier this week over at Bluff City Media, when we talk about underrated factors that could really lead to a fast start for Memphis, I think the thing that stands out more than anything else is that this Grizzlies team is going to have to define its strength without John Morant. What is the calling card of success for this Grizzlies team without their best player. And I think that it's very clear 
as to what that is. Because just last year, they showed what the strength of this team is when they had the third best defense in the NBA during the 22-23 season. And of course, that was anchored by Jaron Jackson Jr. being the Defensive Player of the Year. And that is defense. I think without a shadow of a doubt, and you know, Taylor Jenkins talks about it all the time, what stands out is the strength of this Grizzlies team is their defense. And of course, that starts with the fact that you now have the last two NBA Defensive Player of the Years playing on the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks was fantastic as a defensive player during his time with Memphis, and it was great to see that his career with Memphis ended with him getting an All-NBA second defensive team nod last season. But without a doubt, I think that even though Marcus Smart fell off a bit last year in terms of his defensive impact, I definitely think he still has a higher overall ceiling than Dylan Brooks on defense, and that allows for him and Jaron Jackson Jr. to potentially be the best defensive duo in the NBA. And that's really what stands out as, to me, the number one factor, the number one underrated factor that if the Grizzlies were to really set the tone defensively early in the season, that would be a huge, huge boost to them getting off to a fast start of the year, even without John Moran. And it may seem as if is that that's just obvious, right? You know, the Grizzlies last year were number three in the NBA in, de in overall defense. They have the Defensive Player of the Year from last year, who's still before his prime. They also added the Defensive Player of the Year from two years ago to that combination. So it may seem as if what I'm saying is, is obvious, is, you know, just, just clear. You know, I'm stating the obvious, basically. But the reason why I say that it's important for the Grizzlies to set the tone early is because even though Memphis has been very strong defensively over the past two years, thanks in large to Jaron Jackson Jr., one area of the schedule where the Grizzlies have not been that strong defensively is the start of the schedule over the past two years. Over the past two seasons, when we talk about games in October as well as November, if we were to separate each of the last two seasons into two segments, we're looking at October and November games for each of the past two seasons, and then the games that happen from the month of December through the end of each of the past two years. If you go back to the 2021-2022 season and look at October and November, the Grizzlies were actually the worst defense in the NBA. They were the worst defensive team in the NBA. A lot of that had to do with, you know, some uh, you know, some bad luck when it came to shooting variants from other teams. Dylan Brooks was out due to injury. Jaron Jackson Jr. at that time had not established himself as as a, you know, true defensive anchor. The Grizzlies 2 years ago were the worst defensive team at the start of the season, and that was a reason why they, you know, did not have that good of a record you know, as they started out the 21-22 season. But then once December hit that year, from December through the end of the season, the Grizzlies had the second-best defense in the league. And a big reason why was because Jaron Jackson Jr.'s defensive breakout in January of 2022 was a big contributing factor to that. Well, last year, even when Jaron Jackson Jr. won Defensive Player of the Year, the Grizzlies once again struggled defensively. Through November 30th, of last year, the 2022-2023 season, the Grizzlies were 19th in defense. 
So in October and November games each of the past two seasons, the Grizzlies have overall had a below average defense. But once December hit in each of the past two years, from December through the end of the 2021-2022 season, the Grizzlies were second in the NBA in defense. It happened once again in the 22-23 season. December hit through the end of the year, the Grizzlies had the second best defense. This is a big reason why the Grizzlies have been so much better from December through the end of the year over the past two seasons than they have been in the early part of the season. The Grizzlies' combined record over the past two years is 106 and 58. They're 48 games over 500 over the past two seasons. But in terms of the 42 games in October and November over the past two years, Memphis is only 40 is only four games over 500. Once the season hit December through the end of the year, the Grizzlies are 44 games over 500, and a big reason why is what I just mentioned. The defense has been so much better once the calendar hits December than it was in the early part of the season. So a big, big key for this Grizzlies team, especially with the fact that they're going to be without some key offensive contributors, is that they need to lock in defensively from the start. A huge boost to the Grizzlies potentially having an easier time this year, setting the tone early defensively, being good from the start defensively, is the fact that both Marcus Smart and Jaron Jackson Jr. are actually healthy entering this season. Because of one thing that stands out about the last two seasons, when the Grizzlies have struggled early on in the season defensively, is that it, they haven't had their best players. Of the 42 games between October and November, over the past two years, and only 14 of those 42 games, Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr. were available. That's basically 33% of those games. It's hard to be consistently good defensively if you're not able to get your two best defensive players on the court together. And that has been a reason why the Grizzlies have struggled defensively to start each of the past two seasons. Well, this time around, both Marcus Smart and Jaron Jackson Jr. should be available to start the year. And you've got Marcus Smart taking care of, you know, being the primary uh, option on the perimeter, guarding the other team's best offensive perimeter option. You've got Jaron Jackson Jr. anchoring the defense down low. If Steven Adams is on the court and healthy, that's a boost to the defense because he can take care uh, of, you know, the defensive rebounds as well as blocking the rim while Jaron can be more of a rover. The whole point of having Marcus Smart and Jaron Jackson Jr. healthy and together to start the season is that allows for the other three members of the Grizzlies squad that is on the court with those two at the same time. It helps them have a narrowed area of focus to where they can be more effective. So the number one underrated factor, in my opinion, that could contribute to a fast start to the Grizzlies is they're more set up this year to have a top defense, to have an elite defense in the NBA from the start of the season moving forward. And make no mistake, without John Moran, it's more important this year that the Grizzlies are highly effective defensively from the start of the season than it was over the past two years. If Memphis can set the tone defensively in many of their contests early on this year, it's going to make things that much easier for the offense to be able to find its groove during games and for the Grizzlies to grab a lead early and maintain it as the game flow goes. So more than anything else, when it comes to training camp, when it comes to the preseason games, and once the season finally arrives in the few weeks, with Marcus Smart and Jaron Jackson Jr. both healthy, 
In the case of Marcus Smart, him wanting to have a bounce back season. In the case of Jaron Jackson Jr., him wanting to ascend to a true superstar potentially this year. Both are healthy, both are motivated, both are going to be huge, huge factors in this Grizzlies defense being able to set the tone early. And if Memphis can start out of the gate as one of the best defenses in the NBA, that's going to be one of the biggest reasons why they can get off to a fast start this year. Beyond the Grizzlies getting going early defensively and, you know, being one of the best, one of the clear best defensive teams in the NBA from the opening tip of the season is the fact that the Grizzlies need to see instant improvement in one of the, you know, most glaring areas of weakness that we saw with last year's team. Even though that the Grizzlies won 50 games last year and they were second in the West, this Grizzlies team struggled mightily at times on the road. That's what stood out about last year's team. There was such a, a they were such a polarizing team and that they were almost complete opposites in terms of their consistency when you compared the fact that they were 35 and 6 at home, I believe had the most home wins in the league last year, but only 15 and 26 on the road. The Grizzlies were a much better team at home than they were on the road last year. But this team under Taylor Jenkins and with many of the core pieces right now that they've had when the in the past with Taylor Jenkins and those core pieces, this Grizzlies team has shown it can be successful on the road. That was a big factor in this team ascending from a rebuilding team to a sustainable winner so quickly in the first few years Taylor Jenkins was coach of Memphis. They need to get back to being the road warrior mentality that they picked up, I really think, in the second year, you know, in Ja and, and Taylor Jenkins' second year. They need to get back to having that road warrior mentality to really be able to find some success away from FedEx Forum. If you look over the past two years, you know, we talk about, you know, what the Grizzlies have done during these past two years in which they won 106 total games and were second in the West each year. But when we talk about the slow starts that Memphis has had over the past two seasons, in the 42 games that the Grizzlies have played in October and November of the last two seasons, they are 14-7 and in 21 home games, but only 9-12 and in 21 road games. And it again gets back to the defense. We talk about the fact that the Grizzlies have struggled each of the past two seasons when it comes to their defensive consistency. Well, that has really stood out as being a weakness on the road because the Grizzlies, in all honesty, have been one of the worst defensive teams in road games early in the season over the past two years. If you go back to the 21-22 season, the Grizzlies, you know, as I mentioned, were the worst defensive team in road games in October and November games two years ago. Last year in October and November games, they were 25th in defense in road games. So the Grizzlies have really, really struggled from a defensive standpoint away from FedEx Forum in the early season going over the past two years. One of the biggest reasons why the Grizzlies defense has struggled so much defensively in road games is because of the fact that they have had a very hard time of limiting the productivity from opposing teams from three. As a matter of fact, in 21 road games over the past two seasons and the 21 road games that occurred in October and November, Grizzlies opponents have made 71 more threes than Memphis. If you break that down, 
on a per-game basis. What that means is, is that if the Grizzlies had played a game in a, a road game in October or November of the past two years, they basically have spotted their opponents 10 points from the beginning. They basically have just played down from 10 points from the start. That's how badly this Grizzlies team has struggled in terms of preventing opposing teams from hitting threes while on the road. When the Grizzlies are away from FedEx form in the early season going over the past two years, their opponents are shooting better than 40% from three. Now, some of that is just natural shooting variance, but the it's clear that with how much the Grizzlies have struggled, stopping opposing teams from hitting threes when the Grizzlies were on the road early in the season over the past few years, it's pretty clear that the reason why is because they just struggled consistently guarding the perimeter. So when we talk about the Grizzlies getting off to a better defensive start, that especially stands out on the road. And it specifically stands out with this Grizzlies team being able to do a better job guarding the perimeter in those road games. But it's not just about the defense in the road games. You're going to need to find consistency on offense as well. Hopefully, Steven Adams can be back and healthy and allow for the Grizzlies to have some space to work with in these road games because that's going to help out with the half-court offense. But Memphis has got to figure out, obviously, again, as I mentioned, defense is probably the most likely way to do this, but this Grizzlies team has got to figure out what its identity of success is going to be, especially in road games. Now, the good thing is, is that if when we talk about three-point production really being the reason why the Grizzlies have struggled on the road or in the early going over the past two years. The good thing is, is that Memphis should be better set up to be more competitive from deep this year than they have been in previous seasons. What could really help out in these road games offensively is just how good the combination of Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard and having that combo for a full season that could really be a factor in helping the Grizzlies have better success on the road to start this year. Because if Memphis can set the tone defensively through the play of Marcus Smart and Jaron Jackson Jr. and others on defense, that should allow for the Grizzlies' defense as a whole to do a better job of guarding the perimeter. Well, then if the Grizzlies are doing a better job limiting their opponents from hitting threes, especially in road games, then you've got Bain and Kennard getting going, hitting their own threes. And if Memphis can close that gap, if Memphis can hit as many or more threes than their opposition this year in road games, that's going to be a really, really big boost to Memphis finding some success once again on the road. So while the Grizzlies have struggled defensively over the past few seasons, while the Grizzlies have struggled on the road over the past few seasons, and again, they're going to be without John Morant to start this year, they may actually be better set up for more consistency. They should be able to play better defense in road games this year, but also should be able to shoot the three better, and that should be a key difference between this year and last year that should lead to better success in road games. And if Memphis can set the tone defensively early, in the season, plus also have success in road games early, then you've got two really important factors that help teams looking to be in a favorable spot for the playoffs, being able to play consistently good defense, and being able to find success on the road, that will be a big, big factor for the Grizzlies to be in a favorable playoff position as they get into the 2024 calendar year, and an easy way for them to be able to navigate the early season without John Morant. The final aspect 
of the Grizzlies' early season. The, the, the final underrated, you know, factor that could lead to a fast start for Memphis is simply taking advantage of some opportunities for them to get needed wins on their schedule. Of course, the big news of the week this week when it came to the NBA as a whole, but also the Western Conference, is that the Portland Trailblazers finally able were to find a new home for Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, of course, going to the Milwaukee Bucks, Drew Holiday, and others going to the Portland Trailblazers, you know, with DeAndre Ayton as well, and then depth pieces going to the Phoenix Suns. But the way that that impacts Memphis on an immediate basis is that the Grizzlies are going to play the Trailblazers multiple times in the early part of the schedule without John Morant. They're also going to play the Phoenix Suns multiple times early in the schedule without John Morant. But two of the first 10 games of the schedule for the Grizzlies are going to be back-to-back games in Portland. And now without Damian Lillard, and there, I would think there's a good chance that Portland by that time will have traded Drew Holiday those are two games early in the on the early part of the Grizzlies schedule that they could get some needed road wins. And then when you expand out the Grizzlies schedule, the first, you know, 25 or so games without John Morant getting really into mid-December, and at that point you're going to be right on the doorstep of Morant returning. The Grizzlies schedule, when you look at it, it does have a sample of games where the Grizzlies are going to likely be the favorites. And if they could win the overwhelming majority of that sample of games, that could be a big boost for success. Specifically, I'm talking about the fact that Memphis has three games against Utah, three games against Houston, two games against Portland, one game against Washington, and one game against San Antonio through mid-December before the schedule gets to mid-December. Now, yes, some of those games are on the road and some are at home, but that is 10 games in the early part of the schedule where the Grizzlies are going to likely be favored. And if Memphis could win seven, eight, or more of those games, that's a big part of their early season schedule where Memphis has clearly been successful. And that gives them the boost to be able to have navigated the early part of the schedule successfully without John Morant. And we talk about great opportunities for reference points. I mentioned reference points as a game in which Memphis can have success and then build off of that. Well, in the first few games of the season... When the Memphis is playing Portland back-to-back in Portland, you've got the perfect opportunity for Memphis to hit in all these areas that I mentioned. In those two away games, there should be an easy, there should be, I won't say easy, but there should be ample opportunity for the Grizzlies' defense to set the tone early. With Luke Kennard and Desmond Bain, there all should, should be ample opportunity for the Grizzlies to be able to have the better success shooting the three. And then with this, these games being in Portland, you now have had two road games early in the schedule where defense set the tone, the Grizzlies' three-point shooting depth allowed for them to win the three-point battle, and you got two needed road wins to start the season. So not only are these three factors that I mentioned important, you know, within, them on, within their own sales, but they also connect, right? If Memphis can find success in these games that they're favored by playing good defense and figuring out how to shoot the three consistently, especially on the road, those are going to be some important factors that are going to help them get off to a fast start in the early part of the schedule. So locking in the defense from the start of the season, being able to perform well on the road, 
through good defensive play, but also through some shooting consistency from three. And Memphis being able to take advantage of some of the, you know, games that they're going to be favored in. There's plenty of games in the early going where Memphis should be the clear favorite, winning the games that they're supposed to win early in the schedule. Defense, better road success, and taking care of business when you're supposed to. Those are going to be three underrated but very important factors that if Memphis takes care of business could lead to them having a fast start to the season and being in a really good position once John Morant returns in mid-December. Can't thank you enough for joining us on this edition of GBB Live. As we lead up to the season and into the season, we're going to have plenty of special guests on GBB Live. I'll be here mainly on the weekends covering you know, the week that was, as well as overall analysis and news when it comes to the Grizzlies. And just in general, looking at the factors that are really contributing either to the Grizzlies' success or areas where the Grizzlies are struggling that they can improve upon to get the consistency that they want on both ends of the court to really make this a special season. Of course, you can find GBB Live, the Next Gen Podcast, Free Basketball, the 901 Grizz Podcast, the Anthony Sane Show, any and everything that you can imagine when it comes to covering Memphis sports, you can find it either through the GBB Live Podcast when it comes to the Grizzlies, the Bluff City Media Podcast Net Network when it comes to the Grizzlies, the Tigers, 901 FC, any sports coverage that you need when it comes to Memphis, bluffcitymedia.co has you covered. Make sure to check out the check out all the great audio, digital, visual, and written content that's available to you, and it's available all across social media wherever you follow your favorite Bluff City Media news outlet. News outlet. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on GBB Live. We'll be back with you next week. Until next time, go Grizzlies. We'll talk to you again soon here on GBB Live.